0: Welcome to the may 2022 edition of outbeat news in depth i'm greg moralia next month sonoma county voters will elect a new sheriff and this spring i've invited all of the candidates running for sonoma county sheriff to be on one of our shows so you can get to know them better and while in many cases this wouldn't be a particularly critical or exciting election i think this one is an exception there are so many challenging issues facing law enforcement in general but here in sonoma county there are some standouts including how the department relates to our very large LGBTQ community. Tonight, our final interview is with Dave Edmonds. He joins us next, right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, May 22nd,
1: 2022.
0: This is Greg Morales with your Outbeat Radio News for the week of May 22nd, 2022. Students in Doylestown, Pennsylvania are protesting Lenape Middle School's decision to place social studies teacher Andrew Burgess on paid administrative leave after he allegedly gave a transgender student the number to an LGBTQ helpline. The teacher's removal is just one of numerous contentious LGBTQ issues facing the school district. The dozen or so protesting students wore rainbow flags and refused to attend class, calling for Burgess's reinstatement. The Central Bucks School District has also refused to confirm or deny any details, calling it a confidential personnel matter. But the district superintendent did say that students are incorrect about why Burgess was placed on administrative leave. The students worry, however, that the district has forced out a vital LGBTQ ally, communicating to teachers that they could be targeted for similar discipline if they try to assist queer students. Other trans students have told various publications that anti-LGBTQ bullying is a problem at the school, and in a contentious school board meeting held earlier this month, District Superintendent Abram Luckabaugh addressed the student's narrative about Burgess's firing. He called it an offensive narrative that's categorically false. He also referenced reports that the district has forbidden teachers from flying rainbow flags in classrooms. And in Texas, the state Supreme Court has ruled that Governor Greg Abbott and Attorney General Ken Paxton do not have the authority to force a Texas Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate the support of parents of transgender children. This past February, Paxton issued a non-binding opinion that parents who allow their trans kids to access gender-affirming care are violating the children's constitutional rights. Abbott cited that opinion when he ordered the department to investigate the parents of transgender kids for child abuse if they let their kids have access to puberty blockers or hormones. Puberty blockers are medications that delay the onset of puberty, and going through the wrong kind of puberty can increase a transgender person's dysphoria and permanently change their bodies in ways that can't be undone later. Puberty blockers have been shown to greatly reduce lifetime suicide risk for transgender people who want them. And here in California, Sunday, May 22nd, is known as Harvey Milk Day. It's also Harvey Milk's birthday, and he would have been 92 this year. Milk continues to inspire people from across the globe 45 years after he was elected to a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. When the co-owners of the first gay bar in the southern Croatian city of Dubrovnik were considering what to call their establishment, they found inspiration from milk. In fact, that's what they called their establishment when it opened on May 7th of this year in the historic center of the popular tourist destination on the Adriatic Sea. Tragically, Milk was gunned down inside City Hall a mere 11 months into his term on May 27th of 1978. His murderer was disgruntled former supervisor Dan White. Over the years, Milk has become a global icon for the LGBTQ community, with cities in various countries honoring him with street names and plazas bearing his name. Since 2010, the state of California has marked May 27th as Harvey Milk Day with an annual gubernatorial proclamation issued to denote the Day of Special Significance. And here in Sonoma County, don't forget, Sonoma County Pride returns this year with in-person events happening June 1st through June 5th. Start the celebration with a community showing of Love, Simon. This will take place on a big screen in Old Courthouse Square starting at 6 p.m. on June 1st. Then on June 3rd, meet the Sonoma County Pride Board for a happy hour, starting at 4 p.m. until 8 p.m. This will be at the big stage, which will be set up in Old Courthouse Square. The Pride Parade happens downtown on the 4th of June, starting at 11 a.m., followed by the festival in Old Courthouse Square. That'll run until 5 p.m. And do be sure to stop by the KRCB booth and meet all of your Outbeat Radio hosts. The weekend wraps up with the Wigs and Waffles Drag Breakfast at the and Casino starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday the 5th. It'll be followed by a pool party at the and Casino Grounds at 1 p.m. You can find more details at sonomacountypride.org. And be sure to join us next Sunday night for an Outbeat Extra. Your Outbeat Radio hosts will chat it up with Sonoma County Pride organizers who will be on to share the details. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCB Radio. For OutBeat Radio News, I'm Greg Moralia. The sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer for the county, and here in California, voters get to select the sheriff. This person is responsible for running the county jail, providing law enforcement services to the unincorporated areas of the county, as well as to the cities that contract for law enforcement services. The sheriff leads and directs the deputies who serve Guerneville and those who provide contracted police services to the city of Sonoma and Windsor. In just a couple of weeks, Sonoma County voters will select the next person to lead this critical law enforcement agency. With us tonight is Dave Edmonds. He's one of the three candidates who's hoping for your vote. Dave, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, sir. How are you?
0: Great to have you on and to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, So let's start with that. Tell us about your background and what drew you to law enforcement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I was uh, getting ready to graduate high school and I was thinking about going into the natural sciences, which I was attracted to for a study. But my brother was a cop and he's a year and a half older than me and I really didn't know what I was gonna do. So I thought, well, I'll just do that. I'll just do that for a little while. Uh, so I put myself through the police academy, I'm very competitive, came out no- number one overall at age 20 and uh, got a job and then 30 some years happened. That's how. That's the
0: short version. <laughs> Yeah. Did you grow up here locally?
2: No, we grew up in the Central Valley and we grew up um, on paper poor and um, we, uh, I grew up, me and my brother grew up in a a Latino community that embraced us and um, I learned Spanish there. I'm not fluent anymore. Well, I was partially fluent. I can, I can order food and stuff like that still. But um, yeah, so we grew up uh, there, me and my brother first in our lines to graduate high school. It's really kind of a Steinbeck story, um, you know, where my parents came from and what they did. So they were the pivot point in our, in our uh, family uh, line, family trees so that my brother and I could, um, you know, go to finish high school, go on to college and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I got it, but I was a cop down in the Central Valley, my hometown, Hanford for about three years and I wanted to go somewhere that had, um, I wanted to go to a sheriff's office, I knew that, and I wanted to go somewhere that had mountains and, and oceans and all that stuff. And you know what, this place was hiring. It was the only one. So back then, and you know, uh, you're cop, so you know how you know, uh, it waxes and wanes in terms of job opportunities. Well, this was a, a buyer's market at the time. So I think there were hundreds and hundreds of laterals who, who wanted this job at the sheriff's office. And uh, I came out number two on that list for it to lateral over. That means uh, for your listeners, you know, to if you're an experienced cop to come to another place, we call it lateral lane. And um, I came out number two and number the number one guy fell to the psych and I got the job. There was only a few. So that was way back in 1985. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I came here at age 23. This is my second uh, second uh, employer, law enforcement employer. And then, as I said, you know, I stuck around for a while. So.
0: So talk about your career here and some of the assignments and experiences you've had that have prepared you for this new job you're going for.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I see shiny things everywhere. And I always, uh, I like to be involved deeply on on a lot of things, including my career and then the community. And I hope we can talk about that too, because really, you know, those are going to be the things that differentiate all of us. You can really tell what a person values by what they invest in. And what I mean, investment in I mean, their time, their energy, and their money. So those are things that, um, you know, uh, I believe is going to set me apart as a candidate. Uh, so, but with regards to work, so I did nine years on patrol, uh, and I was a field training officer. I was a SWAT operator. Um, and by the way, every, every assignment that I'm going to tell you about, I have all my records. I have... Um, Documented outstanding performance in every one of these roles that I'm telling you, and I have all my evaluations. Outstanding is the highest uh, performance ranking that you can get. And as I said, I'm competitive and I'm performance-driven. So that's what's that's what's uh, made my career so full. That um, you know I put in for a lot of stuff, and when I got it, I performed because um, I believe in what we're doing. So nine years on patrol, which included SWAT and field training officer, I, I I was a field training officer for a lot of deputies. Uh, four years as a violent crimes homicide detective. I worked major cases that uh, a couple of them got international coverage. Successfully, um, I was the department's interrogation specialist, a polygraphist, and interrogation specialist, and at my uh, confession rate for uh, for for guilty people was over eighty percent. Um, and so I, I did put uh, I put dozens and dozens of people in prison through that for, through their own confessions. And that's a skill and an art of itself as a um, during that period of my career. I decided that I wanted to promote because I felt like, you know, um, leadership was uh, Am interesting to me and important, and so I did promote to sergeant. I spent eight years at the field supervisor rank of sergeant, which included a stint in internal affairs investigations. And they put me in there, by the way, because they had a couple of slippery deputies that um, they were concerned about, and they put me in there especially for that because of you know my successes as a as a, a detective. And indeed. Um, that I fired those guys. I, I made cases against those guys and fired. I'm not, I have really high performance standards and ethics standards for this job. And uh, so that was that time of my life, you know, I was able to, to um, do some really good stuff I feel for our community because these are, p- these are supposed to be public servants, right? So uh, me and my partner there, uh, Kimber Williams, uh, we, I think, you know, we, we had some, some very serious cases. And I think with uh, collectively, we were, we, we Beyond other discipline levels of discipline, I think we excused seven employees during my time there. So uh, anyway, that was uh, uh, I'm trying to go fast for sergeant. I was a uh, violent crimes homicide detective sergeant during that time. I ran the Sonoma Valley substation alone during that time, one of the largest beats. I was the only supervisor there. And by the way, in these jobs that I'm telling you about a supervisor. Um, If you're a good supervisor and you know this, uh, people want to come work for you. So everywhere that I went as a supervisor, I had our best staff putting into work for me. And I'm proud of that because I want to take care of good workers and create an environment where they can perform and succeed. And that's what my record will constantly show. So anyway, there's eight years there. I promoted to lieutenant, which is the first management rank. Um, and it's important to have management skills in this job, especially if you're going to be chief. So I was uh, uh, the de- I, I was the most of that. I think I was as uh, the detective lieutenant. I was in charge of the 50 detective investigations bureau, which had seven different units. And um, the place was um, not a place where a lot of the top quality people were wanting to put in. At the time, I changed all of that. And uh, we had by the time I left, I had. When I first went in, there was only usually they only be a couple of people who had put in for it. But by the time I left, it was a it was a very vibrant place and all the best staff wanted to work there. I'd, I'd get typically maybe a couple dozen applicants. See, these are the best deputies or the hardest working deputies that want to move on in their career. Did that. And then I uh, promoted to captain, which is the command level rank. And that's where you have a command oversight and you run you virtually run. You know, you run everything that's in your, your portion of the law enforcement organizations. Sonoma County Sheriff's Office as a big $210 million budget, it serves the entire county of a half million people. And I was the uh, commander, I, I had command level leadership over every bureau and every unit in the, in the law enforcement division of the sheriff's office, there's two divisions, the law enforcement and detention division. So um, I ran, I, there's, not a, there's not a portion of the organization that I don't know very well. I was, the, uh, for six years, I was a public information officer which uh, means that, you know, I dealt, I I managed um, all of our uh, relationships with uh, the news media uh, various news media for six years. I was, uh, I was the guy that did that. So, so anyway, that's a, uh, as tight as I can make my 30 some year career uh, there. And I probably miss some stuff, but Mm -hmm. it gives you a pretty good outline.
0: And a lot of people would be very satisfied with that and say, I've done it. Um, Congratulations to me and I'm ready to retire and you're pursuing, running for the highest office now. What, what's motivating you to do it?
2: Well, the, you know, I love that organization. I love the people there. I founded the Deputy Sheriff's Association. I forgot to say that. I was the unanimously elected first president of that organization. And I'm a lifetime member because of it. So um, I'm just going to be blunt. When Steve Freitas came in, he had worked for me. All these guys worked for me, by the way. Steve Freitas, Mark Essick, uh, Eddie Ingram. I know them all well and when steve freitas uh, was he was very uh, political and very ambitious and he came in i tried to help him i was the um i was the senior captain I, he had no command level experience which is essential um and um i couldn't help him he kind of put me on a shelf and i don't like to work that way i have to be useful always and you'll hear that in my private life too in my, my you know cuz i'm really knitted to um, goodness happen in the community through nonprofits and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I had my 30 years in, I told my wife, I talked to my wife, I said, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting paid, but I'm not doing, I'm not being successful here. And um, I saw candidly at the time, I saw a slow motion train wreck happening for that organization. And I, some people would say it was precedence, but I don't believe that um, the, the objectively it was there. And the truth is um, the department really went uh, lost a lot of uh, performance, capacity and accountability uh, at that time. And and it turned out to be absolutely true. You know, Steve's uh, lineage there was not a positive thing for the sheriff's office, objectively. Um, and, you know, the union saber rattled votes and those endorsements. And then he left because there was a recall vote happening. So Steve Freitas uh, actually ended up leaving early um because a recall vote was pending, I think was really really the real reason behind it. And um, so the department was diminishing in uh, performance and accountability to the community and trust and those things. So I had thought about running against them initially, but I have no political backing. Second time actually that Steve Freight has run twice, again, with all the union endorsements, there's a, I I feel there's an unhealthy relationship between the deputies' unions and the, the powerful seat of the sheriff right now. And, uh, but anyway, they backed him a second time. I didn't run the second time. This last time, four years ago, I really, you know my heart was there, I wanted to run. The truth is you have to have, this is indeed a political position. I'm learning a lot because I'm running now but I dipped my toes in the water four years ago um, when Mark Essick ran. In fact, I took him out to coffee and I said, Mark, you worked for me. Tell me why you think you're ready for this. And I wasn't trying to be, um, I wanted to understand because it's a big job to do right. And um, I was concerned about his, uh, you know, uh, I, I thought I was a better person for it at the time, bluntly. So I did dip my toes in the water, got a small article in the Press Democrat, and I was hoping that, you know, some, um, that it would cause some gravitas in uh, the political community that's, uh, that's necessary. My campaign consultant now, by the way, tells me as a segue, this is, it could cost a quarter million dollars to run for a countywide office in, in um, Sonoma County. Mm. So, Okay, so you have to have the right connections, obviously, to uh, run a campaign in Sonoma County or anywhere, probably. But uh, this time, um, I am—I have, have a really good career now i'm the the contributing editor of the nation's largest law enforcement magazine american police beat and almost every chief and sheriff in the nation get a copy of my magazine and i write to these people these men and women nationwide encouraging them and uh really uh the 21st century law enforcement changes are important to me and and i have a decent following i enjoy that job i was uh, not really planning i wasn't planning on running this time life is good Um, But I was contacted by uh, a friend, John Mutz, who ran last time. And he said, Dave, I believe you are the right person to turn that organization around and lead it and create a following and, and more even. So I talked to my wife and I said, you know, my heart is still there. I love this community. I love to work. I've been working since age 13. No kidding, uh, getting paid into social security since age 13. Um, so my wife and, agree, and I agreed that I should run and uh, I was put in touch with the right people. I didn't know anything about this stuff. I have a, a campaign consultant that's uh, smart and he's got a path for us to win on this and, and it's real and it's objective. So uh, we're pushing it forward full tilt because I think that I am the right person uh, to, to not only turn that organization around, but I have a big vision to uh, create a model agency, not only for the North Bay and the state, but even beyond. And I have all the, I have the uh, experience and the knowledge to do this. I'm a subject matter expert in a lot of these areas uh, considered. So, and I've been writing about it for a while. And now to get to do this in my own community, it really encourages Mm -hmm. me and I'm, I'm, I'm going for it.
0: Great. So let's go back a little bit to some of the things you said uh, a moment ago. And I want to talk specifically about your values in law enforcement that you see Oh, and, and what's missing in the sheriff's office? So what are your values and which, which of those would you bring to the sheriff's office that's missing?
2: Okay, well, here's what's missing. This is, um, there's good men and women there that are trying their best, but I'm going to tell you, they're not looking forward to work when they're driving there. The morale is dark there. And so it's my experience and my knowledge that, um, you know, morale is key in law enforcement in it. And uh, indeed, law enforcement is going through change, necessary change now in the, the reform. I'm deeply involved in the reform issues. Um, yeah, I speak to these issues a lot. Um, but, for example, my sons are police officers in, at the city of Santa Rosa. And the morale is not <laughs> and not bad there in a certainly in a comparative sense. So. So there is a. My two things that I'm going to do for that office uh, is I'm going to um, make morale one of my top priorities where staff will will uh, be encouraged, supported, safe work environment so that we can increase our accountability, we increase our transparency, and we can increase our performance. Those things are low there. And by the way, they're the lowest in the detention division. I have a lot of staff that are talking to me secretly and hoping that I will win this thing because they know that I'm a change agent and uh by the but they can't publicly announce it because also there's a bit of a bully culture at the top of the sheriff's office so these are the things that need to be fixed and you're going to need a strong leader uh to come in and correct these things there's a kind of a also I want to tell you there's a kind of a cowboy culture that's seeping into parts of the deputy ranks that I don't like and I I will attend to that um, that uh, people have told me this expressly. I'm not so, I'm not really afraid of Santa Rosa PD, but with the deputy, sometimes I'm a little bit afraid. That's nothing to be proud of. We can be performance driven and do a good job and protect our communities, but be servants of this community. This is, these are, uh, I, in my opinion, being a law enforcement officer is a sacred role with your with your community. I'm gonna bring that to the sheriff's office and, um, elevate its performance and accountability and its transparency so so that it becomes objectively in all those areas the best that we've got in the North Bay. And I think beyond, I have a big, bold vision for the Sheriff's Office. I'm battle-tested, time-tested. I've been through these things, Uh, many of these things. I've managed myself at a highest level for for the Sheriff's Office, and I'm ready to do this. We haven't talked about, uh, I'm sure we'll get to uh, the other questions with regards to education training and stuff like that. But I, I check all those boxes. I've been My nose has been to the grindstone for decades, and everything I do is my best effort. I'm just wired that way. I'm really encouraged to get in there and uh, turn that organization around so that all of us will be proud of it. And I, I know I can do that.
0: Great. Uh, well, you mentioned reform, and clearly there have been a slew of bills that have come through the state, state legislature seeking reform in law enforcement, some of them meaningful, some of them not so much. But what are the ones that you've seen come through the last couple of years that you think are significant and that will improve the sheriff's office?
2: Well, this, this nationwide cry for reform um, is, is well justified. And uh, particularly, uh, you know, in California, it usually leads the way in law enforcement. Now, there's, there's 18,000 law enforcement organizations in the country. About 1% right now have oversight. So uh, really, right about 180 uh, uh, locations. So it doesn't surprise me that you know um, that um, with what's gone at the, at the sheriff's office, that the board of supervisors have lost confidence in the sheriff, the office of the sheriff. So these reform uh, uh, legislations are uh, are an attempt to fix um, this uh, accountability problem. And I've I've always said for decades now, and people have mimicked it. Um, that the brighter we turn up the lights, the better we should look. So I'm not afraid of any of this. I want um, I want our sheriff's office, and they will be through me, uh, transparent and accountable. Um, the, I, the fact that IOLERO, that the board pushed, that, that, that the board uh, put up IOLERO, uh, this oversight uh, for the sheriff's office specifically, and they budgeted millions of dollars for this, tells you how worried they are about the quality of the performance at, this law enforcement agency at the sheriff's office. So, I will partner with the director of IOLERO to uh, cause the type of change immediately that that we want that the, the department of IOLERO is the same level as me. There's 28 departments I think at the sheriff's office. I'm a, I would be I would be the um, the director of one department, the sheriff's office in Iolero, is at the same level of the director there. So we'd be meeting closely and attending to the needs that um, the board has expressly put out for the, particularly for the sheriff's office. So none of that stuff discourages me. I, again, the brighter the term, we turn the lights, the better we should look.
0: So a couple follow-up questions to that, uh, you know, what do you think about citizen oversight? Is it a good thing or is it a necessary evil?
2: No, it's not a necessary evil. It needs to be done properly. And, and listen, this job and what we do can be an absolute wilderness of mirrors. And it is for young cops you know, to learn this job, how to do it. We get called to the worst, worst things in people's lives. And uh, it's dysfunction. Obviously, when the fire department comes, they come heroes and they leave heroes when we leave scenes that's not often the case because we're coming to scenes oftentimes of tragedy and loss and dysfunction so um so you know cops takes good cops a while to learn this and some of the learning is off of their fingertips and experiential and it's going to need to be the same thing for the wise oversight people Uh, we need to educate them about um what we do and i've heard in other areas actually that um these uh that with outside outside review that discipline has actually gone down because some of these uh people that that have put put in positions where they can recommend discipline in other jurisdictions once they see the the no-win situations that maybe you know this officer was in they they have more honestly they have more compassion oftentimes than for the executive the chief or the Mm -hmm. sheriff so um i could tell you this that i am fair and I want uh, fairness in in discipline and correction. But if there's intentional wrongdoing by one of my staff, you look at my record, I am not slow to correct that or or bring discipline. I have zero, absolutely very, very little room for intentional malfeasance of this uh, sacred role in our community. We are the providers of public safety. Think about this. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy needs the very first line is air food water and less uh, air food water and rest I'm sorry I'm getting mm-hmm. excited here it's too fast. Uh, the next line is is safety and security we're the provisioners of that in our community so these these uh, men and women that we select for these jobs we got to pick the right people and train them right but also with with for example, I want to train them too and teach them so that they understand um, some of the no win situations that we get in not afraid of uh, their wise uh, input into our process. I agree with the board of supervisors that this this has become necessary in our community for that organization. I'm going to embrace that and listen to them. And we're going to uh, turn that organization around together.
0: That's great. And, you know, you talked about transparency. What are some things that you could do as the sheriff uh, for the agency that would increase transparency beyond, you know, working with the, Iolero Group.
2: Yeah, well, uh, I want to create relationships with all public safety entities that are new and different. But another specifically, you know, I am a writer and I've been uh, writing to, uh, to uh, law enforcement officers nationwide for about, I don't know, pushing a dozen years now or something like that. I want to, I will stay as an editor at large of this magazine, American Police Beat. Um, which is the number one law enforcement magazine in the nation, by the way. Uh, I'll stay editor at large there, but I want to start. Uh, I would start a syndicated column, uh, make it available to all news outlets, um, to brighten, to turn up the lights on the sheriff's office, and, and write about what we're doing specifically. And I can do that in ways that will be interesting and um, quality reading to to the people, our public, but also, uh, you know, I'm gonna. I I would like to. Um, uh, be uh, a very available sheriff to um, our community, uh, go to community meetings. Uh, I <laughs> I watch everything that goes on and anything that's under me. I like to empower my supervisors and managers, but they know I'm watching their performance too. We need to bring up the quality of performance of our leadership at the sheriff's office, and they need to embrace um, a, a more supportive leadership that is fair and equitable for staff and then once staff sees that um, that you know that'll cause uh, more transparency to come up to it's not just my job it's going to be my managers and supervisor jobs as well and I know how to teach that I've been teaching that stuff for years I taught uh, I I taught at the university level law enforcement leadership for five years a lot of um, successful law enforcement officers at high level here in the county in the north bay got their bachelor's degree through bachelor's degree through mostly my instruction i was a lead uh, lead instructor here for a uh, um, university for five years
0: great so let's shift a bit uh, obviously yeah. sonoma county has an enormous lgbtq population uh, yeah. talk about your experience working with that part of our community
2: well, so I, you know, when I came here in 1985, I came from the Central Valley, which is really California's Bible Belt. So this was a, you know, in terms of the demographic changes, was a, was amazing to my my very first ride along was out at the Russian River in Guerneville. So that was just that ride along night was an eye opener to me, and and. Um, you know that turned out to be my favorite beat. There's six zones or beats in the sheriff's office. I love the Russian River area. I love the, the vibrancy. I love the community. I love the beauty, and you know that's a that's. Um, I was there, so I'm sure your listeners know. You know that has a higher population of, um, gay. Um, people there, men and women. And um, I was out there during the AIDS epidemic and I saw some terrible suffering. I, I, I got a lump in my throat just thinking about it right now. So um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, so you wanted, you, you were asking about my experience with Mm the gay communities that were the question. Well, I, my, I mean, my best friend and I, I would call him a life mentor, you know, he's gay and, uh, we love each other. We're good friends. He speaks truth into my life and, um, he's a writer himself. He's actually my workout partner too. So we spent, we're together probably like five hours a week. And, uh, I was, me and my family said at his, at his wet, his wedding, um, me and my family set his family table uh, when, um, he got married. And so, um, I, I think that, um, uh, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm equanimical. I'm at peace with uh, uh, the gay community, if that's was your question.
0: Yeah. And so to that, then, how do you think that community should be represented in the sheriff's office? Uh,
2: to the exact same demographic, at, at least that it is in our community. Um, so... Uh, <sighs> I think that uh, I want to make the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office a place where the best people in our community and with, with, with specificity to diversity want to be there. I'm not convinced that that's the way that's what it is right now. That's going to be a big target for me that I'm going to hit. I'm going to make that I'm going to make the, that case. Not So for the gay population, um, the underrepresented Latino community as well, Sonoma County is a third Latino, by the way. And uh, doesn't it's not represented that way at the sheriff's office, you know, in these roles? So, absolutely, I would like our demographics um, for all of these, um, uh, you know, uh, disenfranchised, historically disenfranchised mm-hmm. uh, classes to be. Uh, uh, at least representative of the population, mirroring mm-hmm. the population that we serve. That that would be what I would want. Well, and that's a yeah,
0: <laughs> and that's going to be a big challenge, right? Because law enforcement is not a very popular profession to get into right now. Recruiting is extremely difficult. So, yeah. how are you going to go about doing that? How are you going to go? You mentioned, for example, the county has thirty percent Latinx yeah. folks. How are you going to go about increasing the ratio of staff in the sheriff's office to meet that demographic?
2: Well, first of all, it has to be a place where people want to work, regardless of the job position, right? And, and so the, I I am telling you, we fix the morale problem there, which is indeed there. These these men and women are talking to me secretly because they're afraid to come out and say that you know they're so willing, they want to, me to win, but that's going to be a huge thing for all demographics. They, people have to want to come to. That needs needs to be the the law enforcement organization that is drawing the best people in our community, but secondarily, um, I have a, by the way, I have a a deeply penciled out recruitment plan and we don't have time for all of it, but um, what I'm going to do is fitness and wellness are extremely important to me. I started a a nationwide law enforcement fitness and wellness nonprofit. You could look it up. It's called 360 Armor, hundreds of members. I want thousands of members around the country that, so if you you, You don't wait till it's raining, till you fix your roof, you know, and same with this job, you know, what you're going to get into. So you, we need our, our, we need our staff to be fit and well on all fronts. So there's where I'm going to be recruiting. Okay. So for example, I, I would like to go to our universities and contact the athletic directors and the coaches and say, who are the good men and women who are there with specificity to diversity especially, but I want to hear all good men and women who are, like me, I was a political science major, anthropology majors. Okay, how many jobs are there really in that? Um, I, want, I want them to identify men and women, young men and women or any age of, who are fit and well, who are good athletes and are at least B students. And I want to go talk to them with specificity to diversity. This can be a great job because of the, all the opportunities you have to help in the community. And I, a lot of these men and women have never thought about it. And here we are in the the wine country. These, these men and women can make a hundred grand or more, you know, working at the sheriff's office and being change agents, positive change agents in their community. I want to personally go have those conversations and make them think what they're probably not even thinking about a career in law enforcement. All the different careers we have. Again, the sheriff's office two hundred ten million dollar budget with a, a staff of a uh, uh, with when you consider all of them about eight hundred people. There's a lot of quality job opportunities. I'm going to be the recruiting officer for that department. The thing is, we have to watch that front door more than we guard the back. Than we have to take care of the back door. The back door is getting rid of the trouble. The front door is bringing in the right people. Okay, we're focused on that back door a lot. We need to focus uh do better job on the front door and the back door doesn't become as important to Mm -hmm. us so um yeah recruitment's a big deal to me i've got a i've got a big bold plan for it all penciled out you heard just a little bit of it
0: great well and one of the things that uh, related to the lgbt community that i recently discovered Uh, The Human Rights Campaign National Organization does a Municipal Equality Index, and they look at a variety of factors that uh, determine a score that a city has. And both Guerneville and Santa Rosa were rated in this most recent report. They were the only two in Sonoma County. Uh, And one of the standards is, does the agency have an LGBT liaison officer? Those are pretty popular around the country. And I was stunned to find out that none. Neither agency, the sheriff's office and Santa Rosa both don't have a representative in an area where per capita there's more LGBT people than in yeah. most places. Yeah, you're Thoughts preaching about that?
2: to me. You are preaching to me. I agree with you. I think Santa Rosa PD does, by the way. Um if you if you had suggested that I believe that they do. And um yeah, that's something to be to pursue and be proud of and 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 to have. So that's easy. <laughs> Hit that one out of the park. Obviously, I would want that for the sheriff's mm-hmm. office to bring an absolutely easy question. Uh,
0: well, there's a lot of challenges out there. We've, we've talked about uh, uh, some of those. You know, I, I mean, uh,
2: right. There's a lot of challenges to do this job right.
0: Yeah. And I'm ready for that. Yeah. And, uh, and certainly, the sheriff's office has had a bunch of cases in the news uh, involving use of force, going back to Andy Lopez, but there have been others that have been right. controversial. Um, I shared in an earlier show, you know, a friend of mine at the LA sheriff's office once said that if people who like justice and sausage shouldn't wa- watch neither one of them being made because it's, it's ugly. And so there's at least a perception out there that the sheriff's office is brutal.
2: Uh, yeah, well, how do you address it's got, that? Oh, I'm all over it. You, this is, a, here's the distinctive. Okay. That I, you I want your listeners to understand, um, how do you have to have to have the knowledge uh, and you should have leadership capacity, you know, for this job to turn around an organization that needs that. And I, I'm just going to tell you, I do feel that way. And I know there are staff in there that feel exactly the same way. You're going to need somebody that's got uh, iron will and some grit and some strength to do it. And, uh, <laughs> you, I'm the right guy for this. Okay. Um, This stuff goes down the leash, and that's why this is happening there, is because of an incapacity of leadership strength there. And I'm talking about the sheriff and his assistant sheriffs, his hand-picked assistant sheriff, and that includes one of my competitors, okay? I do not believe that these egregious things that we've seen happen um, would have happened under my watch because I just told you it goes down the leash, I have super high expectations. I want those staff to be thinking on every call they go to that Sheriff Edmonds may watch my video. I, and what I'm gonna tell them when I'm in there is, you act out with the public as if I'm your ride along because um, I want to be proud of your performance. But if I'm not, um, you'll know it too, okay? I wanna, I w- I wanna cause uh, positive correction. I, if, if discipline is necessary, I'm the right guy for that. Of super high standards. The standards are the highest for my performance, and then my executive staff, then management staff, and then supervisor. If you pick those roles of leadership under me, um, you, it's a it's a big deal to get that job done right. And if if readers had time, you should go read my stuff, and you're gonna like it because this is the stuff I've been preaching for mm-hmm. years. You can go to American Police Beat Magazine and just type my name in, or just type that in and type Dave Edmonds and. American Police Beat or Type Dave Edmondson Police One uh, organization I used to write for, and you can read about my seminal thoughts on these exact things. I'm all over this. I'm the right guy for this job. Did any, unfortunately, law enforcement is a government career, and you can do a bad job and keep your keep your job, even in the executive levels. That's not me. I am the right guy for this time. I will turn that organization around. There's a bully culture at the top. There's a bit of a cowboy culture seeping in in the deputies' ranks. I'm the right guy to fix it. You can say you have the knowledge and all that stuff, but if you've never done this, if you if you if that's not if you don't have that capacity, there's some there's uh, there's some things that need positive, strong changes at the sheriff's office. And I'm absolutely convinced. I know, as a matter of fact, I'm the right person for it. I will make you proud of me if I'm your sheriff. I promise you.
0: So with regard to use of force, what are some of those changes that you see?
2: Well, uh, here's what I think. There's, there's, uh, and that's at a national level too, but I think it's happened here as well. Um, we deputy sheriffing is a bit different than uh, police departments because these beats are, can be 400 square miles with minimum staffing of two deputies. So you need people who are competent and capable, capable of performing out there. And I've been in these situations out in the middle of Casadero at three in the morning with somebody on methamphetamine that is just wants mm-hmm. to take you on. You have to be physically ready for that, emotionally ready for that. So we need to train better, we need to get, we need to get the best employees we can, we need to train better. I actually, I have a a plan for uh, an objective, we don't have time for it, it's all penciled out, an objective plan to uh, allow peace officers to become more fit and well on duty. This can be a physical job at some times. I know some of the best deputies I know were physically fit, uh, capable men and women who very, very few times had to use any use of force because they had, the, they had the command presence and the confidence. Okay, Because when you're sizing up somebody out there in the field alone, and you may have to, you may be, end up in a physical confrontation, they're sizing you up too. So if you start getting um, scared, you start getting angry, uh, they're reading that as well. So uh, we need to train our staff better And we need to give them more capacity to talk people into handcuffs. And I don't think we have that there. I have a full detailed program for that investment. I want to build that up here in this department so that it becomes a model nationwide. I wish I had the time to explain all of this. But if you go read some of my uh, things Mm -hmm. I've authored, um, you'll get that.
0: Got it. Uh, Let's shift again to another area that's uh, very complicated. And that is the in-house population. Um, I think we could we could talk about this for hours and hours. It's probably the most complex social issue facing any city in, in the country. You know, what's law enforcement's role?
2: Oh man, you see, you, I wish we had more time. I, I for the last dozen years, I've sat on uh, I've been a board of direct on the board of directors for, for one of the county's most successful homelessness nonprofits, the Redwood Gospel Mission. I have seen how homelessness is less about housing and more about really helping and caring. But with accountability, that's where we're missing. That's we're missing this accountability role, like in your family situation. If somebody is messing up in your family, you hold them accountable. So to the capacity that our homeless population is able, and most of them are there because of mental health issues or alcohol and drug issues, they still need to be held accountable and and treated as members of our community. That is not happening. I have a complete new plan that I want to lead as the sheriff's office that involves uh, local uh, 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 that involves local nonprofits our government sectors and our faith-based communities where we can have a a new programmatic approach to um, positively dealing with the homelessness issue in Sonoma County but with this idea of accountability I have it all laid out we don't have time for it somebody wants to talk specifically about this because you yourself mentioned this is a This is quite a a wilderness of mirrors. I'm ready for it. And um, my, honestly, uh, most cops will tell you, and my sons again are Santa Rosa cops. They say a lot of their calls are negative calls with the homeless population. We need to turn those around into positive ways. And I have, I wish we had time to explain my model, but I am all over this. I think that we can create a model that um, is going to cause positive change. And we can, and then that model will be, Watched elsewhere and mimicked elsewhere. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to that opportunity, and I wish I had more time to explain it.
0: Um, Well, we 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 do have some time, and I'll just I'll just prompt it with this. I mean, a lot of cities are moving away from having law enforcement be involved with unhoused folks at all, be it a a mental health crisis, be it an IV drug use crisis. You know, what's your thoughts?
2: Oh yeah, well, so Santa Rosa is at the lead of that with their new end response program, and I think. Captain Cregan has done an exceptional job on that. And I totally agree. There's plenty of calls that cops don't need to go to and shouldn't. We've we've been the default on a lot of this stuff for too long. So this is going to cause, you know, local municipalities, communities to be willing to open the purse strings a little bit to fix this stuff, because anything that has value has costs. I I want to, my plan will be to enjoin with Santa Rosa PD. I'd love to see their specific program, uh, countywide program. I know this: South County, Ronan Park, and Petaluma are doing things. Sheriff's office are doing some things, but uh, Santa Rosa PD is at the lead on that. But I want to tell you also, with regards to law enforcement, there is a way for law enforcement officers to be a positive part of this need, and that's 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 a part of the programmatic approach that I wanna I wanna bring into that. For that, for example, that in response idea, um, we can be a positive player, not a not a per, not um, not all of our contacts with uh, homeless shouldn't be negative and Mm -hmm. I have a way for that as well so yep um, I'm excited about that and looking forward to uh, that opportunity it's gonna be one of my one of my big deals because this is an area that has affected our entire population and uh, mostly negatively and I think we can turn this around Um, we like you say, I've got a lot of saddle time on this this has been on my heart for a long time you tell what, again, you can tell what people value by what they spend their time and money on. And, and I have got a lot, a lot of hours into this homeless mm-hmm. issue as a volunteer. I've got over 2,000 hours in the last 10 years alone, uh, volunteering for local prof, nonprofits. And um, this is a big issue for me and I'm ready for it.
0: And so related to that is specifically the IV drug use problem. Um, you know, for years and years, it's been dealt with in the criminal justice system. We've criminalized Correct. it. Correct. And there are those out there who argue that that's not the best approach and that really we should be looking at minimizing risk and even even so going so far in some jurisdictions as providing safe injection sites. Thoughts?
2: Well, okay. So some of that is the medical community questions, right? Um, but uh, like, for example, in today's paper, Gavin Newsom came up with uh, he's, he's willing to spend uh, billions of dollars on helping and fixing this this uh, this particular problem, which is a is his own pandemic statewide. And so I think that, um, you know, drug addicts that uh, end up, uh, you know, in the tank and uh, terrible lives, they weren't planning on that. We, we need to be um, we need to have these therapeutic approaches with uh, give people, <laughs> you can live 30 days without uh, food, three days without water, three minutes without air, but you cannot live three seconds without hope. These men and women are without hope. So, um, you know, I think these uh, behavioral issues, uh, they need to be attended to. These people are members of our community. And as if we, if we can help them with, again, with accountability that they can manage at a level of accountability that we can manage, we need to be we are our brother's keeper, and I think law enforcement needs to look at it that way as well.
0: Very good. Well, uh, we've gotten through most of the questions, so I'm going to give you as much time here as we've got left to talk about and tell the voters why you're the best candidate.
2: I hope you've heard, you know, my heart and my passion for this job and uh, its role in our community. It's a, it is a big deal to me, and when my sons were drawn towards law enforcement with my wife, and are like, well. You know, this is a hard job to do right, Um, and it's taken down many friends of mine. And and if you want to read an article on that, type in what I should have said to my friend about a friend of mine who committed suicide and read that article. So this job can be really hard on men and women, especially if it's done right. And these tragedies that... uh, and despicable things that we've seen nationwide uh, at the hands of some law enforcement officers, these people didn't start out wanting that to happen in their careers. And uh, we need to take better care of our law enforcement staff. And that is indeed, you know, focusing on their fitness and wellness. And I've said from the beginning on this, because it's true. If we can um, create the envir- proper environments, work environments for law enforcement and then um, attend to their fitness and wellness. A lot of these problems go away and they never happen. Uh, This is a very, very, very hard job job to do right. But at the same time, we got to remember, this is a government job with government protected employee rights. So, to get rid of troublemakers can be really, really hard in this, in this job. So let's again, watch the front door and and get the right people in here. I am knitted to that and then invest in them. Um, If this is such a big role in our community, we it's going to cost us some money to fix some of these problems. We're not investing in law enforcement, right? Um, I've worked with cops who are so out of shape physically, mentally, and emotionally, but guess what? they're still legally allowed to perform because the the honestly the acceptable minimum standards for for law enforcement because it's a government job is that you're able to uh, fulfill your essential job functions to a minimal acceptable standard that means it's hard to um you can do this job you can you can do this job not well and you get to keep it so uh, because again, it's a government job. You in the private sector, if you don't perform, you have to close your doors. It's not that way here. But I have super high standards. And plus, I love these men and women. I want to take good care of them. Servant leadership is my model. I didn't get to say it, but I, when I was a detective lieutenant, I put myself through um, Gonzaga University's master's program in organizational leadership. And I picked that, that, that discipline. And by the way, I was 4.0 while working full-time and, and giving outstanding performance. That's me, that's how I'm gonna do this as sheriff too. I'm gonna to outwork everybody. Uh, but w- what I wanna say is the model that I endorse is called servant leadership and you could Google it, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's more caught than taught. And that is to say that you want to take care of your, your staff. It's almost like a uh, you know if you have kids, you're more interested in their wellness and their performance than um, that uh, they're that they do well than even yourself and that the funny thing about that is when you take care of people that way you are the one who wins and life life, and your performance goes better. I'm going to teach this leadership style to my command staff to the uh, management staff uh, across the board and to supervisor staff so we can create a work environment that's positive even in these difficult times for law enforcement. So. That's why I want to do this. Listen, I'm happy. I've got a, uh, I got a great career as a writer now, but I want to bring all that home to the sheriff's office. I have told the men and women there that um, are looking at me uh, that there's going to be some changes I get in, in, when I get in there. And for some of them, it's going to be difficult. I have high expectations. Well, I'm going to help these men and women perform and lift them up. But uh, so, you know, there's some people that are going to need, i uh, some corrective discipline and i'm ready for that but i'll tell you this i won't be another one term disappointment i like to work i stay fit and well i'd love to do, me and my wife are talking about i'd love to do three terms I'd, I'd leave at 72 i want to turn that department around my plan and i know i can do this if you guys take the time to check us all out you'll agree um my res compare my resume side by side with my competitors please if you can get theirs even And um, I'm going to get your vote and your support. I need your help. I'm encouraged. I will make you proud of the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office. And we will see it become a model agency, not just for this area in the North Bay. Uh, It's going to be a model agency nationwide. I'm looking forward to that opportunity. I'm running to it. And so please let me have your support. Give me a call. I'll talk to you about anything. I'm open and ready for this job.
0: Very good. We've been talking with Dave Edmonds. He's one of the four candidates running for Sonoma County Sheriff, and you'll get your chance to vote next month. Dave, thanks so much for being with us. Thank
2: you. I really enjoyed my time with you, and I appreciate this opportunity.
0: And that wraps up our hour. Tune in next Sunday for an Outbeat Extra with all of your Outbeat radio hosts coming together to talk with Sonoma County Pride organizers. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on 104.9 KRCB Radio. I'm going to leave you tonight with a dedication to honor my friend and colleague, Chief Kevin Burke. He was the first candidate for sheriff I interviewed this spring, who passed away suddenly last month. Kevin was a member of our LGBT community and a dedicated public servant who gave so much of himself to so many people. This is the song that was played at his public memorial held earlier this month in the Healdsburg Town Square.
1: And watch the sunset disappear And drink a beer kind of hard to understand Right now it Take a bit.
0: going to miss you, Kevin. Support for Outbeat Radio on KRCBFM comes from listeners and from Rocky, the free range chicken, and Rosie, the original organic chicken. Air chilled, non GMO, locally raised right here in Sonoma County with no antibiotics ever. More information is available at RockyandRosie.com. You're listening to 104.9 KRCBFM Roner Park and KRCGFM Windsor, Sonoma County's NPR station. It's 9 p.m. Stay with us. Beale Street Caravan is next.